thought it would be worthwhile just catching up and seeing how we're tracking on our series so far of Northern in the Mirror. And we've got um, some of our symbols up here of what we've been looking at. And our first um, Sunday that we started the series, we started with Convergence. And for those that were with us, you might recall that we had that floral arrangement and we talked about all the different elements of those flowers and how when they all come together, it makes something special. And when we have all the different elements of our values as a church family all come together, that that makes something special. And we invited people to um, take a a little mirror. So I'm sorry, I'm I'm letting you know what's in the gift. Um, But there was a little mirror in, in these and to ask God to speak to us through this series and to allow God to um, have us reflect on how we are going in these different aspects. Then we also had deepening spirituality and there was a vine that um, we had a grapevine and uh, Matt talked about the spiritual practices that we have in our life and there's that green sheet and there's probably still some um, out the, in the foyer if you want one of those as well. That looked at a number of different spiritual practices that we can incorporate into our life. And then we had deepening community and you remember how we tossed the ball of wool around and um, then each person was given a a piece of wool to remind them about the way that they connect with one another and how every person is important and is significant in in our faith community and also in the community at large as well. And then we had demonstrating compassion and Matt encouraged us to look at Um, the world around us, as we have received compassion from God, to look at the world around us and be conduits of God's compassion, be compassionate to others. And to think about those people that we connect with in the course of a week uh, and to consider, okay, well, how do we go in that area of being compassionate? So how have you been going? How have you been um, reflecting on some of that? And in the last two weeks, We've been encouraged to be compassionate to others, um, spend some time over the last fortnight getting to know someone a little bit better. And so I thought I'd um, we'd race around with a microphone and if someone had some comments about how they're going, anything that stood out for them so far. Uh, also, if there's a particular challenge that you found in this series where you think, oh, it's really hard or I think it might be hard for people in this area because of time or whatever else, then I just thought I'd check in with you. I'll just pop this up here and see how we're going. So if you want to comment or suggest something or have a uh, a chat about something, then I'll race around with the microphone, just pop up your hand and we can talk about that just for a moment. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a goose because no one's wanting to say anything. That's okay. Thanks, Eunice. Yep. It's just a wonderful way of being able to bond with other people. Yep. And so I appreciate because I love chatting. So, um, being a single car family, that makes it a bit of a challenge for those that didn't hear that. And so, the telephone makes a huge difference in being able to connect, catch up, have a chat to people. Others that are finding something that stood out for them? Oh, sorry. There was the reflection of the light through the glass. I didn't see your hand up there. Just so you won't look like a goose. Yeah, yeah, thanks. (laughs) We've been having the small group at Matt and Roz's place and Tess's place and uh, a few of us who know each other but not very well have come together to read a book 
on God's sanctuary and to share the Lenten period together. Yep. And it's been wonderful. It's been lovely. Right. We share a meal and we have prayer and we have a discussion and we don't always agree, but sometimes we do. <laughs> and it's been really lovely to deepen our friendships and our sense of God in the midst of us. Yeah. And that's really special when you are able to connect with one another like that. And, and small groups are a fantastic way to get to know um, each other a bit more. Because on a Sunday, we're busy, um, we might have to duck off quickly, or we have um, fairly quick conversations. But during small groups and other occasions, then that's, that's a great way to do it. Anyone else that wanted to comment? Oh, I'll go to Roy first, and then I'll go to you, Lorraine. So most people know that I'm only here very occasionally because I don't live in Australia. Um, but I did listen to the series on the podcasts, and um, when I was listening to the series where you were throwing the ball at the wall, <laughs> yep. and David was naming all of the different people, and I could picture everyone's faces, or afraid to Pearl, or afraid to, <laughs> um, to Ian, and to, um, so on. And it made me feel very connected. Wonderful. Um, the memories of everyone through the podcast, so thank you for that. <laughs> Let me make sure you get your uh, piece of wool then. Even via podcast, you can stay connected, so that's fantastic. As a church, we have a compassion and care group of people who do exactly that. They met on Thursday and um, it was really great to hear how there are people in this church who are full of compassion and care. So if you need compassion and care at any time, you can talk to one of those people. Yeah, one of the things that um, the compassion and care team is not a part of their selection criteria, that they don't have to be mind readers, uh, but it's really hard if they don't know that you need someone, uh, if someone needs some contact and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so if you can just make sure that you contact the office and say, um, hey, I'd, I'd love someone to pop out and visit me. Uh, that'd be great. They can bring out communion and um, spend some time sharing communion as well. So, yep. It's just amazing what we receive in others' response to the small acts of kindness. Mm. To to just see their lives open up. It's just so wonderful what they can share. And it's just the the most simple things that. As we reach out and people receive, it's it's wonderful. Yep. Yeah. It's great when you have that opportunity to see the difference that it makes. Anyone else? Oh, I've got a couple of... I guess I um, don't often seek help necessarily from other members of the congregation, but uh, recently I just wanted to uh, thank Mary Toscano because she has been praying for a particular aspect of my family. I won't go into it, but my son Nicholas... And she always asks about it and keeps him in her prayers. And I'm just so truly grateful. Thank you. Isn't that great? Yeah, I'll come up to you in a moment. Yeah. Um, I went back to Thailand for um, almost two years. Yeah. And we got very, very beautiful time together with our family, with my wife. And also we went across over the border to do mission um, visiting the, the current people, and we saw a lot of things. Just we, yeah, um, yeah, we got very very beautiful time. Yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, after that, um, I start to 
apply visa for my wife. Uh, my wife's name's Am Amara. Amara. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, a lot of worries because um, we're not sure if our visa is going to be granted or not. Yeah. But a lot of worry, a lot of concern. We we encourage each other. We trust in God. Once we, it's, it's take very long time to prepare, almost two months. <laughs> but once we we handing the application to the embassy, it's, it's take only one week <laughs> wow. to get answer back, and it's, it's such great joy and very thankful to God and thankful to everybody here to praying for us. You know, we, we now we are back to our community church. Yeah, I'm very happy to see you all guys. Yep. And thank you for everything. God bless. Yep. <laughs> now, Amara doesn't speak a lot of English, do you? So, so just be sensitive if you try and chat too much. But, um, <laughs> but Victor, won't, Victor won't abandon her. Um, so he'll sit next to her and make sure that he can uh, say anything that he needs to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, and Arthur. I am grateful to be here. I've passed a lot of churches from South Rank to here, but I've picked Northern, and I'm so happy to be here, and I'll try not to miss any church services on a Sunday. And all of you people do such a marvellous job, especially on a Tuesday, and all the volunteers and everything. But I'd like to say a small prayer. Every time I see an ambulance go past me, I always say to myself, wherever that ambulance is going, I hope that person is, is in good health. Yep. Thank you. Mm. And I know Mary does exactly the same thing. We can be driving along in the car and we'll see an ambulance or the fire brigade or whatever else going and Mary will say a prayer. And that. Got time for one more. Anyone else? I, mine is um, uh, it's, it's a, a gratitude um, sharing of Northern. Um, I've always found Northern to be inclusion um, from, you know, just coming in um, and just feeling welcome, regardless if somebody speaks to you. There's a sense, there's a there's a culture that's um, that says we where you are, um, and they, and I think that Northern nurtures it very very well. So for me, it's such a gift that there is a place of welcome and of inclusion, yeah. um, and it's not just said; it's actually lived. Yeah, fantastic. All right. You know, across Australia, as we think about the different aspects of what it means to be um, Northern Community Church of Christ, we recognise that not everyone has great experiences. And across Australia, there, we recognise that there are bu- um, bu- there's bullying that takes place, and it's an issue in politics, it's an issue in the workplace, it's an issue in schools and in homes where it's uh, experienced and seen in domestic violence situations. And as a response to that, there's a whole range of different initiatives that uh, different groups and organisations are trying to, to uh, respond to this, this aspect of bullying. And one of those initiatives is called Roots of Empathy. And a part of the Roots of Empathy program is Seeds of em- Empathy. And it was developed in Canada... And it's designed to have children aged between three to five years of age in their 
early childhood setting to grow in not only literacy as far as words and speech and those sorts of things, but also to encourage them to grow in their emotional literacy as well. What they do is over the course of a year, uh, a group of children have a baby with its mum or its dad, its parent, come along and visit um, regularly throughout the year. And they teach the child um, how to grow in empathy by imagining what it's like to be that baby. What's going on in that child's mind? And they imagine and they enter into the world of the child. What's the child thinking? What's the child feeling? Empathy comes as a result of imagining what it would be like to be in somebody else's situation. And it's made all the more real when it comes as a result of you remembering a similar situation yourself. The whole concept that is developed out of roots of empathy should not come as any surprise at all. After all, it was something that Jesus taught. Rather than having three to five-year-olds, his student was a religious lawyer. Rather than using a baby or a toddler, Jesus had his class imagine a Jewish man who was mugged and a Samaritan who cared. Jesus' heart was to have the religious lawyer experience empathy, to have compassion that would translate, that would develop into action. Matt shared last week about caring for those in need and how it is at the very heart of who God is. He talked about how sometimes our own past hurts can be a barrier for us to extend compassion to others and how God wants to work in and through us in that space. And while we can go it alone, there is something special that takes place when we join with others, when we think about compassion. We acknowledge that the church has gotten it wrong, very wrong, over the times. And yet pages of history are written where the church has also gotten it right, where we have joined together to establish welfare systems, hospitals, dealing with the untouchables, reaching out to those and caring for those in our community that are valued um, very little, that are considered of little worth to those in our society and in societies around the world. And while we can try and go it alone, there is something special when we, when we come together to strive for a better outcome than what we could achieve by ourselves. There's a short video that will give us a clue to this. And so flash mobs. Um, I'm not suggesting that we start a flash mob, but you never know what might happen. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 17 to 19, it calls the people of God to, to demonstrate compassion, to be a community of compassion, because they have experienced God's compassion and have empathy for others that is to translate into action. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 17 to 19, we read these words. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is a great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. 
He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners, for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. When the new nation of Israel was being formed, they were developing their own identity, understanding who they were. And God wanted to imprint into their DNA as a nation of Israel the aspect of compassion. Not just individual compassion, not delegated, not outsourced, but corporate compassion for them to be a community of compassion. And as Moses wraps up his time as the nation's leader, Deuteronomy is his collection of thoughts, his passing thoughts, his his response to say, hey, listen, this is what I want to leave you with, his hopes of what will make a mark for the current generation and for future generations. Rather than Israel becoming a nation of dog-eat-dog community, that sort of a thing, where only the fittest survive, rather than being a community that looks after the most important person in the world, you, rather than being a community that devalues life and smothers the voice of the frail and scared, God's people were to be a different people because God is a different God to the gods the other nations worship. Yahweh God is great, mighty, awesome. He is not able to be bought or bribed. For 40 years, the people of Israel, this newborn nation, wandered through the wilderness. They saw God's hand of provision through the supply of quail and manna. For 40 years, their clothes didn't wear out. For 40 years, in all their wanderings, their feet didn't swell. For 40 years, they experienced God's loving compassion. For 40 years as they were growing into a nation. And so God's people, they were called to live accordingly by showing the world around them what it means to be a nation who cares for orphans, for widows, and not just their own kind, not just their own king, not just their own family, but to care for foreigners as well. God called them to remember You know how it feels. You know how it feels. You remember what it's like to be treated badly as foreigners. Don't dismiss those memories, but heal them through compassionate action. So live, behave differently, collectively show compassion to others. You see, when we have empathy, when we remember what it's like for us, then we should act with compassion, joining together with others, to make a world of difference. As God's people, we are called, we are commissioned by God to show compassion to others. A few thousand years after Moses, when God the Son came and walked among us, he once again called his his followers, commissioned his followers to continue to be a community of compassion and and he encouragingly challenged them in Matthew 25, 34 to 40, in this passage, Jesus looks to the future and calls forth his followers to be fueled by empathy, to live lives of compassionate action. In Matthew 25, 34 to 40, it says something like this, 
Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you told me that man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. I was thirsty and you quoted scripture that Jesus is the living water. I was a stranger and you taught me that in God's heavenly home, there are many rooms. I was naked and you prayed that I would be covered by the armor of God. I was sick and you said to me that if you just have enough faith, that I'll be healed. I was in prison and you wrote to me about freedom in Jesus for those who confess their sins. No, that's not what Jesus said. Matthew 25, 34 to 40 says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when will we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you some clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. The beautiful thing about this account is that Jesus indicates that his followers, the followers of Jesus' compassionate example, lived out their lives individually and as a community as a natural part of their existence. They lived naturally compassionate lives. Did you pick that up? It's almost as if compassion is a part of their DNA, so well imprinted that it was a natural outworking of them following Jesus. So when uh, they saw the inherent um, value in other people's lives and when they saw that they were doing it tough, it was just natural for them to respond, to put action into that. Back in the 1940s and 50s, Maslow came up with a hierarchy of needs and in this he identified the most fundamental needs which others are then built on. And in Matthew 25, we see an echo of this teaching in Jesus. Psychological, hungry, thirsty, naked, stranger, shelter, the need for safety in the next level up, sick and they cared for me, love and belonging, a sense of connection. You invited me into your home. There was prison visitation. For us today, being a community of compassion is not something that Jesus indicates that can be outsourced to others. For example, there is a significant difference between paying someone else to be compassionate for you so you don't have to do it yourself compared to supporting others in their acts of compassion because it comes from a compassionate heart. We don't retire from being a compassionate community. Sure, others may do some more of the heavy lifting, but we still have a vital role in praying for supporting, encouraging others, cheering them on when we might not be able to do some of the things that they can do representing us. 
even being present at those times where compassion is extended says something. Being a compassionate community is also about being a voice for, representing others who can easily be overlooked. It may mean we sign a petition, we write a joint letter on behalf of others, we may even join a protest. The Love Makes A Way movement has had Christian leaders around Australia protest against the heartless detention of people in asylum, uh, who have been seeking asylum here in Australia, come, wanting to come to Australia. They join together with others in the community, representing a community with a heart of compassion. They've chained themselves to Kirribilli House. They've had sit-ins at Scott Morrison and Peter Dutton and other federal members' offices, wanting to be a silent but a significant protest, a witness to say, we need to be having a heart of compassion when we deal with people that are wanting to come to Australia and seeking asylum. Being a community of compassion can take, can and will take on a range of shapes and sizes. But at the heart of it comes the desire to represent God's heart for compassion. As we remember times when we have experienced compassion ourselves and how it has made a difference for us, we have empathy for others. We are called by God to collectively make a difference in the world around us by joining with others who have a compassionate heart. We can find common ground to stand together, to be a voice for the voiceless, to transform the lives of those around us and across the world. When we are a community of compassion, joining together, we can do more, we can achieve more than when we do it alone. And we can bring a light into the world around us a light that represents the God that we worship who is a compassionate God and loves them and wants to make a real difference in their lives. In Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 4, it gives us an image of the impact that we can have on the world around us for God's glory. Isaiah 60, 1 to 4 says this, Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands and your little daughters will be carried home. You know, in my experience of camping, it is pretty hard to start a fire with just one stick. With two, you may be able to, if you just get it right and rub vigorously. But when those two start a fire and they're joined by a collection of sticks, you can end up with a bonfire, a beacon almost as it were, bringing illumination, warmth and benefit and blessing to those around. So how do we respond today? Well, I've got a bucket and in the bucket, I'm going to pass it to Israel and Israel, can, I'm going to deputise you to make sure that everyone gets a stick with a piece of paper on it. Um, in the bucket is a stick with a piece of paper on it. I want everyone to take one of those and on the, on the screen you can see a whole range of different words that represent 
um, and can represent the heart of compassion. And there might be one of those words that particularly stands out for you today. What I'd like you to do is when you get that stick, is to write that word on that stick to remind you of it. But then also, with those response cards, I want to encourage you this morning to take some time to write a prayer of response to God, to say, God, this is the word that stands out for me. Would you help me to live this out in my life, but also in our faith community and in the community at large, that I would join together with others to seek to represent you in the world around us and that collectively we can be that bonfire. We can be that group that helps to illuminate God's compassion to the world around us. So for those on the podcast, we've got the word advocate, protest, petition, pray, serve, time, spending time with others, encourage, Compliment, give someone a compliment, be a complimentary community. Visit others. Vote. We've got a a federal um, by-election coming up. Will your vote be influenced by God's heart of compassion for the community? What role will that have in the way you vote this coming Saturday? Or will you vote the way you've always voted if you live in Batman? Gift. Donate. Not just money, it can be time, it can be energy. Purchase. What you purchase makes a difference and can reflect a heart of compassion. The way you purchase responsibly. Volunteer. You can make something. You can contribute to the making of something. You can write. Write letters, write short stories about people's lives and the difference that God's made in their lives. You can listen. So, there might be one of those words, there might be another word that you might want to use. But take some time just to jot down that word on that piece uh, piece of paper with the stick. Put that in a prominent place, maybe not on the dashboard of your car because it might roll around a little bit too much, but maybe um, near a computer, uh, maybe near the kitchen, whatever it might be. And may that remind you about the contribution that you can make in this community and the wider community about being a compassionate community. But then also respond by offering a prayer to God of commitment in that way. We're going to have some music played, and then after that, uh, Matt and the team will come up and lead us in our final song. Thank you, Israel. Let's give Israel a round of applause. for. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Um, and you got one yourself? Good. Uh, and we'll respond, and then I'll collect those response cards during that final song. God bless you.